Here's a common scenario. You've been going back and forth in your mind, having a monologue with yourself that alternates between lecturing and venting. You know what you should do, and then you change your mind. Back and forth, back and forth, the internal speech goes until you finally realize that you are riding the fence on your decision. This is another way of saying you're double-minded, and it's uncomfortable. Welcome to Keep the Heart Podcast with Francie Taylor. Francie is an author, teacher, and conference speaker known for sharing biblical insights that are practical and inspiring. Now back to today's valuable study. What does it mean to be double-minded? The Strong's Concordance defines it as two-spirited, two as in the number two. It also goes on to define it as wavering, doubting, and uncertain. We're going back and forth on an issue in our opinion, our purpose, or both. This phrase appears only twice in the New Testament, and both times they're in the book of James. I caught myself being double-minded about a very important matter recently, and I didn't want to accept the title. After all, it's not complimentary. Listen to the bottom line from James chapter 1, verse 8. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. The scripture is plain. Granted, now this verse was speaking about asking God for wisdom without wavering, but it applies to any area where we're wavering. Let's consider four ways to stop this confusing habit of double-mindedness. First, realize that this is a heart issue. James 4, 8 tells us this, Draw nigh to God, and he will draw nigh to you. Cleanse your hands, ye sinners, and purify your hearts, ye double-minded. James was writing to the twelve tribes and giving them instructions in godly living. Verse 8 of chapter 4 points out that the heart needs purifying when we're dealing with double-mindedness. There are so many easy ways to pollute our hearts today, but these are two key areas moral impurity, and hypocrisy. Moral impurity is fed and fertilized by us. This is self-inflicted. When we are allowing things into our ears and eyes that make us spiritually dull or cause us to become casual about God, we will battle with doubts and uncertainties. Is there anything you're scrolling through, streaming, or listening to that could be contributing to an impure heart? Hypocrisy is another area that's so insidious as an influence, and it causes us to become unstable. When we're doing things that we would condemn or criticize other people for doing, we're advertising our instability. Like the person who's driving 80 miles per hour in a 70 mile per hour zone while complaining about the other speeders, (laughs) we become deceptive when we think that we're the exception to the rule. We need to check our lives for areas where we've been living by our own rules rather than God's word. Hypocrisy weakens our faith and our reputation. The impure heart needs cleansing if we're going to overcome double-mindedness. We can ask God to do this because we can't cleanse our own hearts. Psalm 51.10 makes a great prayer request for this need. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. To put a stop to double-mindedness, we can begin by checking our hearts for impurities and then confess those things to God. He already knows about them, 
and he is well able to cleanse our hearts and renew our spirits. A second way to stop double-mindedness is to acknowledge it. No one wants the label of being double-minded, but we earn it by how we're living and what we're doing. Double-mindedness manifests itself in instability, which makes life imbalanced. We read it earlier, but let's read it again in James chapter 1, verse 8. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. The word unstable in James 1, 8 means inconstant and restless. The word inconstant means a person is subject to change of opinion, of purpose, and that makes them unsteady and inconsistent. Is there some decision that you've been wrestling with and you've changed your mind multiple times? Oh, I've been there right there with you. Do you have decision whiplash yet? (laughs) It's not funny when it's happening to us, but truly, we do need to name it, but we don't have to claim it. Acknowledging double-mindedness is not the same as embracing it. We're simply admitting that we have a problem. This is a good place to be. Because once we admit that we have a weakness, we can turn to God for his strength, which is made perfect or complete in our weakness. God knows that we're frail, and he doesn't laugh at our frailties. He pities us because he knows that we've got these broken areas. Psalm 103 verses 13 through 14 tells us this, Like as a father pitieth his children, so the Lord pitieth them that fear him, for he knoweth our frame. He remembereth that we are dust. The word pitieth doesn't mean that God feels sorry for us. It means that he has deep love, mercy, and compassion for us. He knows us in the same deep way that parents know their children. Let this encourage your soul because whatever it is that has you in a wrestling match, God knows and he cares. This is a difficult world. And we're being broadsided by situations that we never expected to face, at least not as Christians. But ever since the fall of man in Genesis, life has progressively become more complicated. God knows, and he waits for us to admit that we need him. Naming the double-mindedness is another way that we can stop this condition from plaguing our lives. A third thing we can do to stop double-mindedness is to pause. Now, this is easier said than done, but hold on a minute. Did you know that deciding to hold a decision is still a decision? Yes, putting a decision on hold is a single-minded way to stop wavering. Sometimes we simply can't make the decision right away. Certain circumstances require more time and prayer than others, and the act of forcing a decision creates a tendency to change our minds back and forth, not to mention the risk of making a big mess. Waiting on the Lord is biblical. You could do a personal Bible study on the subject to reinforce the power of this truth by typing the phrase, wait on the Lord, into your Bible app search tool. But for now, let's consider Psalm 27, 14. Wait on the Lord, be of good courage, and he shall strengthen thine heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. Notice the statements within this verse. Wait on the Lord. Be of good courage. And then comes the promise that God will strengthen our hearts. And then God wraps it up with the instruction again, wait, I say, on the Lord. As we wait, 
we will need courage because sometimes things happen that are very intimidating to deal with and we may think that we need to fix those things immediately. Waiting is a form of training from God. And when we choose to wait courageously for God's directions, we experience the strength that comes from that waiting. Rushing a decision is a recipe for disaster, and we're going to have the cleanup from that mess later on. Whenever possible, it's fine to delay a decision. That's not double-minded. That's wisdom. But it's not fine to agonize during the delay. Here are three words that are easy to remember. Delay to pray. That's a pause on purpose. When you don't know what to do, you don't have to guess. Delay to pray. Pray and wait on the Lord. By turning the situation over to God, we are free to carry on in other areas of our lives while we continue in prayer, watching and waiting and really expecting God's answer. Watching and waiting are not fretting and stewing. Don't allow double-mindedness to creep in and create worry while you're waiting on the Lord. And finally, number four, to stop double-mindedness is to choose to trust God. One of my favorite prayer partners has a statement that she speaks out loud to the Lord when she's dealing with challenging situations. She says to the Lord, I trust you, Jesus, and I anticipate your goodness because your love never fails. She shared that with me recently when we were having some prayer partner time. Think about that. I trust you, Jesus, and I anticipate your goodness because your love never fails. It's a statement of faith, and it's full of reminders. We can choose to trust Jesus. We can count on his goodness. After all, we've experienced it before, and we know that his love never fails. There's an account in 1 Kings chapter 18 where we find that the people were worshiping God, but they were also worshiping the idol Baal. This double-mindedness put them in a vulnerable position. It's not supposed to be comfortable to be double-minded. It is not. It's uncomfortable on purpose. Listen to what Elijah the prophet said in 1 Kings 18.21. And Elijah came unto all the people and said, How long halt ye between two opinions? If the Lord be God, follow him. But if Baal, then follow him. And the people answered him not a word. The people were trying to have it both ways, worshiping God and an idol at the same time. But Elijah exposed how foolish and costly this was, just as it's unwise and expensive for us to be divided in heart. Eventually, we must choose. The Lord is God and we will follow him or we'll make up our own way and face our own consequences. People who refuse to trust God invite their own torment, and then they weaken their faith at the same time. Trusting God with every detail of our lives is a form of spiritual exercise at a very high level. To do this successfully, we must learn how to release our fears to God as prayers. Prayer feeds trust, and trust feeds faith. Are you in a situation right now where you're halting between two opinions? You're not the first. You've got lots of company. We all have areas where our trust needs work, and God often uses the daily challenges as exercise equipment to build our faith and trust. This trust eliminates double-mindedness. 
Here's a great closing verse from Isaiah 26.3 to remind us that we can become single-minded in trusting God. Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee, because he trusteth in thee. You've been listening to Keep the Heart with Francie Taylor. Subscribe to this podcast and follow Keep the Heart on Instagram. Visit the shop at keeptheheart.com for Bible studies, books, and more, along with Francie's conference event calendar. Visit keeptheheart.com today. Thank you for listening.